Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uptana, and today we'll be meeting the Green Man and getting an introduction or reintroduction to a relationship with nature and all things wild. The Green Man is known in many cultures including India, Asia, Europe, Britain, and Ireland. He resides in the forest and yet is the forest himself. He's been represented in many ways, from stone carvings which depict him as a wild man with leaves and branches for hair and beard and with leaves pouring from his mouth, the original Morris dancer who danced on the earth to wake it in spring, and a puck who snatches unwary children who venture too far into the woods. He's seen at times as a stingy old man who refuses to leave the old ways and stubbornly remains in the forest. A young, vigorous woodsman, strong and healthy and full of life, and as a youth full of innocent fun, mischief, and play, darting out of the woods and being swallowed by them again, leaving only sunlight and laughter behind. The green man reflects our understanding of and relationship to the natural world through the mythology and symbology we ascribe to him. In European pre-Christian times, he was a friendly nature spirit, a cousin who lived and worked beside us for the good of the land and all who reside upon it. When Christianity converted cultural understandings of nature from something spiritual, something to be honored and cherished, to property to be managed, owned, and used, it changed the perspective on people's role in the ecosystem. It changed from our being one integral and coexisting piece of a whole to being shepherds and rulers of everything. During this time, the green man became associated with lower or base natures, which tempt people into acts which are sinful and therefore lead to damnation. He became feared as a demon or the spawn of hell, and his aspect as a creature of nature became twisted, just as that of the fawn did in Greek culture. The Industrial Revolution further distanced people from nature by changing their relationship with it yet again, creating as consumers. We utilize products without knowing how they're made, or what they're made from, how they're disposed of, or what happens to the world around us due to their consumption. Added to this is their narrow focus on and fascination with the cyclical processes of nature, i.e. birth, life, death, and rebirth, which is tinged with nostalgia for an idyllic past. The Green Man's mythology has evolved to reflect these changes as well. While moving away from negative themes of hell and damnation, it's retained the sensual, or what is considered animal, aspects of human behavior. He's become over-associated with fertility to the detriment of his other aspects, slanting his symbology towards fertility god. In reality, he's all and none of these things, just as are the wild places of the world. We human beings are only one small part of all that is, and we occupy one space in a much greater ecosystem of beings, from predators to herd animals, birds, insects, plants, fungus, trees, and minerals. The wilderness, be it desert Ice flow, jungle, island, prairie, or forest has its own rules and way of being of which we are neither the master 
nor the primary concern. Each has its own logic and its own rhythm, which can seem very foreign to human beings. We're taught very few people can come into an understanding with these places, and even fewer want to do so, because it requires them to leave behind society and civilization. It makes them odd and other in a world where conformity and community are most valued. Those few who do go native are distanced from us by becoming legends and heroes and stories. For example, histories of Native American tribes have been imbued with a mythology of harmony with nature, as if being able to survive and thrive in a natural setting without the support of industrialization requires magical properties instead of cultural behaviors, oral histories, and wisdom passed from generation to generation. But separation from nature is itself the myth. Each of us has the ability to return to harmony with the web of life around us without becoming hermits or recluses or removing ourselves from our daily lives in society. If we release our learned perspective that we're at the top of the hierarchical chain of ecological domination, then we can make space for remembering what we knew instinctively as children. Our lives are like a large dinner party where we don't know anyone and no one knows us. It might be possible someone will notice us and introduce themselves. House cats are great at doing this, although they're not the only ones. Many of us have been adopted by familiars who seek out our love and companionship. But for the most part, it's incumbent upon us to enter into conversation with others. And all the social rules apply. Don't interrupt conversations in progress, but do feel free to listen. Perhaps you can add a comment, and you'll then be accepted into the group. Perhaps your presence is unwanted, and you need to move on to another group. You're one among many, and the conversations are going on around you all the time. Sitting and watching a bird feeder in spring is a good example of this. All kinds of birds come and go, competing, sharing, struggling for social order, all while the squirrels wait to snatch their portions, or don't wait, depending on the brazenness of the squirrel. Each of us is aware and comfortable with this at various levels at any given moment. People learning the social art of horse whispering move back and forth on the scale from aware of large, incredibly strong, and potentially dangerous animals to harmony as alpha member of the herd. It can be challenging to shift our perception of our role in the world in this way and is sometimes a struggle to maintain. The best intentions in the world can't keep a homeowner from being dismayed when termites take up residence and those who get bitten by fire ants or snakes are rarely grateful in the moment or for some time after. The Green Man is an Akashic mentor who lives beyond the Akashic city. He can be found to the right of Mamakasa's cauldron towards the far end of the field and again to the right in a dense wood of old-growth trees. The forest is lush and green and dim. Light filters through layers of leafy canopy, and there's life everywhere from the tops of the trees to the loamy earth. Everything is quiet, yet the air is full of sound. Things feel still and yet full of gentle movements. And overall is a feeling of peace, which comes from being fully present and completely yourself. 
the green man can appear to us in various forms based on our relationship to our true nature. He can be benevolent and kind if we're at ease, a guide if we're ready to explore, or he can appear fearsome if we're afraid of the unknown. For those who have accepted the wilderness is other and separate from them, the green man can seem a frightening beast, a killer, a symbol of chaos, something to fear and avoid. The forest and all wild places become something to fear full of warnings and danger and discomfort in this case. But for others, he's a protector. He's Robin Hood hiding in the forest, returning to nature, a constant reminder the social, political, and even physical structures which people make aren't permanent or omnipotent. That each of us is intrinsically powerful in each of us has the free will to choose our actions, to set our course. No one compels us to do anything. We have the right to choose. He stands at the edge of the forest, standing at the edge of what's possible, just at the edge of memory, inviting us to become again what we have been. He's the older brother, the father, the wise man who invites us to follow where he's gone, to share in what he's learned, who welcomes us to a way of being which has awaited us all along. He's the puck, Robin Goodfellow, the playful spirit, the fawn playing his flute, drumming the drum to awaken the sleeping world. He asks us to come and play, to experience pure delight, to lay aside the worries of the world and feel the true magic of flourishing life all around us, to open up our essential nature, to remember what it is to play, to feel joy, to run just for the sheer joy of it, to spin and spin and spin until you drop, to lose the need to worry about past and future so you can be fully in the now, in harmony with all other things in a beautiful interwoven tapestry of living. The green man is the wise old man of the forest, the gatekeeper to our original self. He guards the path to remembering who we are when we come into harmony, not just with ourselves, but with the world around us and all who live in it. He lives in the state of now or no mind, which allows us to spread our consciousness beyond the mind and open our senses fully to experience interconnection directly. Working with the green man, you'll learn to open your senses to the forest around you and communicate with the beings who reside in it. And they will communicate with you. Quite a bit has been written and taught about quieting the mind. Usually, this refers to the logical left brain, which steps into any space it can get and loudly problem-solves any and all situations which have happened or are happening. And if there's a moment of silence or of happiness and contentment, it'll invent problems to solve to keep itself busy. It's got the best work ethic on the planet and is amazingly productive, but it's in constant need of work-life balance. One of the things I've found to be true for me is trying to turn off my brain is an impossible task. I'm never able to fall into silence and peace and instead get into a schoolyard shouting match in my head where my logic brain settles in to mimic every thought I have. Instead, 
I've found engaging my brain in the process allows me to quiet it so I can focus on the task at hand. To do this, I engage all of my senses and awareness in the moment, somewhat like a moving meditation, like yoga or martial arts or dance. Paying attention to the physical takes focus and quiets the mind at the same time. Doing an activity which harmonizes the body and the soul lets me achieve greater wholeness, peace, and balance in life. It allows me to be more fully me and to become more of my potential. One of the easiest ways I've found to do this is in an awareness practice or mindfulness meditation. I usually do this on its own before going into the Akashics. You may wish to do this in a park or green space or on a hike in a wilderness area. Bringing water or a bit of food is an offering of gratitude. You can go to a park, green space, or anywhere outdoors where you can be still and open yourself to now or no mind, feeling a sense of connectedness to the beings who dwell there. It's as if you were going to someone's house and knocking on the door and then waiting. The occupants will come to see who's there. Over time, you may develop the ability to do this while walking or hiking and find you're able to see and meet all kinds of creatures which were hidden before. One caveat, though. Please be careful in areas where there's predators. The process does not make you invulnerable, nor does it change creatures' essential natures. If a predator feels threatened, or if you come between it and a meal or its offspring, you put yourself at risk. The awareness meditation I use goes like this. Sit comfortably in a chair, on a rock, on the floor, or on the earth. Bring the focus of your attention in from the sights and sounds around you to your body. Feel yourself sitting, settling into your sit bones, the straightness of your back, the blood moving through your veins. Feel things around you become still as you move inward. Move your awareness into your core, the true center point just above your belly button, and feel your energetic essence glowing there. It's a pool of golden liquid light, clean and ever-renewed. When you're centered within yourself, move your awareness back outward to your extremities, keeping your mind focused and heightening your physical senses becoming alive and aware in each cell of your body. From there, move your awareness outward beyond your body to encompass the space around you, feeling all the beings there and every growing thing and structure. Then, expand it further to the entirety of the block or hill or field you're on. Feel the beings around you living their lives in an interconnected web. When you're ready, bring your awareness back to your body, step by step, until you're fully contained once again. Once you're fully aware and yet calm with this practice, you can reach the green man's forest in a number of ways. You may find yourself slipping there naturally as you move from mindfulness into Akashic meditation. Or you can ask to connect there and consciously move into the Akashics to arrive at the path which calls you into the trees. You can also use your Akashic room. Go there the way you normally do. Then know you're going to go through the next door to the green man's realm. Cross to the opposite side of the room, open the door, 
and you'll enter the forest. What you find there will be unique, wondrous, and transformative, while at the same time validating the you which has always been and pointing the way forward to what is possible. And that's all the time we have this week. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it by subscribing on Patreon. You can see all my other offerings and get regular updates about what I'm working on at patreon.com slash Thanks. Bye.